Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Bluehead, and welcome to episode 88, one of my favorite numbers of Beer and Others, the podcast adjunct series this evening. We had a great one. Now, it's been really cool for me as a podcaster and, and over, to over time catch up with breweries that maybe we spoke to a few years ago and, you know, bring them back and see what's been happening. So usually we try not to wait too, too long. Um, this has probably been, I want to say, probably close to four years since the last episode, which is unacceptable. And tonight we are making up for it. I have two wonderful humans joining me. We have Nathan from Nathan Does Beer and Troy from The Brass. Welcome guys. Welcome, 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 welcome. Great to see your beautiful faces. I'm going to check when that last one was. Do you remember by any chance, Troy? I don't remember exactly. 2018, maybe? Yeah, that's what, almost that's, four years. And it was cold, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember uh, I came to pick you up, Ooh. I think, around Côte Vertu. Yeah, yes. it was cold. There's snow on the ground. Yeah, so we definitely were. Okay, it says two years ago here. Two? No, that's it impossible. Episode one. Hold up a sec. What episode number is this? That can't be, that, that can't be right. <laughs> it was episode 124. And you're of the original series because we kept changing it up. And then, Nate, your okay. final one was 159. So it was like 30 episodes yeah. before we wrapped that one up, which was just before the pandemic. So maybe it was early 2019 based on that. 2019? Maybe. In three years? Three years. It feels like way longer. I don't, like I don't longer. remember what I did yesterday. That could have been. Yeah. Honestly, I have no idea ever what is going on anymore. So either way, <laughs> we got you back. Um, if you guys want to awesome check out to the back. original, it's, it's a pleasure, man. Um, episode 124 of the original series, if you want to catch up, um, just to get the story. But we're going to go over some of that again tonight because it has been quite a while. Um, so, fellas, this is a pleasure. We're going to crack the beer, obviously. We're going to get right into it. So, we're starting off with a beer I'm actually really excited to try since you mentioned it on uh, Chinwag uh, a few few episodes ago, Troy. I was super stoked. Tell us about this one, bro. Yep, so we made uh, three different beers for Oktoberfest uh, back in, in late September, early October. Uh, this is our, our light German blonde, a uh, uh, Helles, Helles, yeah. Love it. Oh, for Easy set. drinking. Perfect. Yep. I love it. Ready for it. Great name, too. Good. Oh, yeah. Hells, yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, what hops are in this one specifically? Uh, let's see. Um... You know what? I'm not sure. I will look that up as we talk. Yeah, we can. Uh, just curious. I mean, I, I imagine if it's a German, what do, what do German helices usually use? Like, is that SARS too? Or? Uh, yeah, the, I we we have used SARS before in in our German German lagers. Okay. Um, let me see here. Luckily, I have a handy dandy little thing with all my info in it. I love it. I usually just rely on untapped personally. <laughs> yeah, and we oh, usually, got the we usually publish them there. all on the can. Oh, yes, totally. Sorry, Nate? I, I said you got, you've got good glassware for a Hellas there. Yeah, I made sure I got <laughs> – so I have to take the photo. Go <laughs> 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 make sure Tiff's taking that photo in the background. You know the vibes. Um, first of all, boys, cheers. Great to see your faces. Cheers. Cheers, cheers fellas. Yep. Nice. Light, crisp, mm. grassy, 
super smooth. Yep. Touch of business in the super back clear. end. Yeah, super clear. It's got I a good, um, it, it, like it, it's got a, a, like a nice little uh, bite of citrus in there, like in there as well. Well, yeah. Yep. No, this is great. So this came out in like October ish. Some did this come out in like October, twenty uh, twenty? Yeah. Yeah, late late September, early October, uh, okay. we had a, an Oktoberfest festival um, that we did out, outdoors. It was still kind of that weird time where we couldn't have stuff indoors. Uh, there was no no restauranting inside, so we we set everything up outside, um, braved the, the elements a little bit. I think Sunday was was pouring rain. Jeez. Um, no, it was it was good. We had we had three different beers that day uh, for the release. We had a uh, a Marzen, uh, which call, we called Life on Mars. And uh, what was the other one? Nice. Uh, wise guys. I have a Weizen. All right. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you have. I remember what you did. A um. What was it called? There was a. It was like a standard. When I say standard, flagship pilsner that you used to do. The what? gold digger. Gold digger. I knew it was gold something. Um, yeah. So yeah. This, yeah, go. Yeah, tell us. So this is like. Is that one still around? Still around. Yeah. So we've. We've we've switched what we're doing a little bit, and you know maybe that's one of the benefits, one of the silver linings of of COVID is is getting a chance to stand back, sit back, and reflect on what you're doing, what's working, what's not working, and you know we we decided that we had way too many kind of flagship beers flying around everywhere, so we pared it down. Uh, we kept the Gold Digger, which is our uh, our I guess American take on a German Pilsner or or Czech Pilsner. Okay. Um, and, uh, a couple others are, are in there as well. The, Nor the Nor'easter obviously yes. was one of our, our first New England IPAs. And it's just a, I'll call it a good grocery store, New England IPA that you can find. Um, you know, it can survive a bit on, on the shelf a bit longer, uh, than some of the other super hazy hoppy, um, you know, double dry hopped IPAs. Gotcha. Uh, and the mango creamsicle, I think is, uh, the Ooh, other yeah. one that's, that's definitely a staple for us. So oh, we're just trying to keep it, you know, condensed, mm. uh, not too many things flying around on the shelf and, and then experiment all in our, our lab stuff or just, you know, little series that come out like this October fest, October fest series that, that we did. Very cool. Yeah. Go on, Nick. So, uh, so, so what, what is it about? Uh, uh, you mentioned that the nor'easter is uh, like is one that has a uh, like that is a good uh, grocery store New England IPA, which I feel like is like is probably um, an underappreciated uh, like thing with how long some of these can like can end up as uh, like as shelfies. Um, so, so, so what is it uh, like? So, so what is it about it uh, like that gives it a bit more? Uh, gives it a bit more life on the shelf for a bit. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's it's mostly the the dry hopping schedule that we do, uh, the amount of hops we put into it. You know, hops are are fairly volatile; though the the flavor will tail off pretty quick. Um, yeah, you know some of the some of the lab stuff that we do. Um, the the optimal time to drink it is in the first three mm. or four weeks. After that, we notice a significant decrease in right. in how hoppy it is. You know, you don't get that slap in the face anymore. It's still drinkable, it's still good, but it's not you know it's not worth a seven dollar can. Um, the the nor'easter, you know, it still has all that citrusy mm. flavor from from citra and, and a zeca in there, um, but we don't double dry hop the crap out of it, so it's uh, yeah. it, it'll survive a bit longer. And then obviously in our our production we absolutely make sure we scrub all the tanks of oxygen there were like 
really clean to start with. So we just, you know, take extra precaution that that these are 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 going to ma maybe sit on the shelf and we don't want them to oxidize or anything before before they should. Hmm. I like that. I think that's smart because I never heard anyone sort of refer to it as that because I guess historically New England's weren't a grocery store kind of brand, but I guess we're at this point now they've been around for, I guess from what I understand, like 2016, maybe even a little earlier. Um, yep. And we're at the point now there are grocery store brands because I think that it's an underappreciated kind of what Nate was saying. It's an underappreciated gateway beer too. I imagine that like, I've noticed over the years, whenever I would, uh, you know, back when we could do things and see people, I would give, <laughs> you know, newer beer friends a sip of, they go, oh, what's that orange juice looking thing you drink? I'd like, oh, have, have a sip and they're like, oh shit, like, it's great. Yep. And they, they didn't really understand the beer can taste like that because, you know, sometimes even though, I don't know, I, I would take a crispy basically over almost anything these days, it's not really going to be that much of a converter unless they're already like a macro lager drink and they try this and like, oh my God, this yep. is so much better. So like, I feel like yep, in exactly. so having a grocery store version of that is, uh, is fantastic and leaning into that yep. for the brand. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And we, we do constant quality control checks on it. Uh, you know, we, we run a tasting panel with, with some people that, you know, know our, know our products and know what they should taste like. And we bring, you know, we we have old cans that sit in the lab, and we, we you know prematurely age them. We eat, and we just try to see kind of how long they will last. And you know, it's 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 part of having or wanting to play in that gate that that space a little bit, um, giving a little bit more access to our brand to some people that don't want to go out of the way to a a DBSQ depener or or come directly to the brewery. So it's uh, seems to be working. That's probably. The, 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 that's probably a, 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 like a good thing to test, and it's a, like, and I, I think you're one of the first that I've heard uh, a, a, like mention doing that kind of testing before. Is kind of like testing the uh, like testing the can life on the uh, like on the shelf, um, which is uh, like it's something that wouldn't have occurred to me. But like as soon as you said it, like like, like that would be a pretty important thing to know. I think especially in Quebec, where uh, like where you know. Dis, uh, like distro and sales, can, uh, like and the sales environment can often uh, like can be pretty varied from uh, like from depender to depender as the, the, like you know depending on how much fridge space they have and uh, and how long yep. it's it, like it's taking to get distroed out there, how long it's staying on the shelf before it gets in uh, like in someone's hands. So that kind of um, you know that like, like that kind of quality testing would be uh, like would be good information to have. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's 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 also another excuse to get people together and and have you know do something fun at the brewery, get to interact with people and get some feedback and educate them a little bit about beer and the process and to have a good time. You know, part of it's about science. You know, we do the the quality testing, but then we always break out some new stuff and you know ask them. You know, how how do you think this is going? You think we should should go in this direction? How, you know, what are the flavors you're getting out of that? So it it helps us in marketing. It helps us in kind of like a focus group. So it's it's kind of a a double edged uh, or I guess a win win for for them and for us. That's great for sure. I love it. So for those who didn't listen to that episode one twenty four. They can go into that sort of later, but I think we should. I think it'd be valuable to maybe talk, you know, a little more briefly than we would have normally gone into. But you know, your brief beer history and then how the brewery came about, and then, then I'd love to do the catch up on the last few years because obviously, you know, the branding's completely updated, and you've got the lab series that you mentioned, and there's so you know, there's so much stuff happening. So it'd be cool to catch back up on that. But 
just a little bit of history. I do you want to lay that out for, uh, for the people? Sure. Um, so I started my garage, like I think a lot of the, uh, the breweries, the, the smaller breweries maybe that, that started up, um, had, a, had a passion for, for brewing all grain beer, trying to figure out how it works, how the process works, how the equipment works. Uh, try to figure out all the ingredients and, you know, you, you mess up a whole ton of bat, a ton of batches, whole, you know, have to throw a whole bunch of beer down the drain and that's part of the learning process. So it's, you know, it's, I maybe don't brew as much anymore, but, but it definitely came from a place where I did have that passion of, of getting in, in the brew house and spending those brew days and, and, you know, hanging out with friends and, and trying to figure out, uh, figure this stuff out. And it was, I don't know, maybe two years after homebrewing, uh, I put together a plan with with a buddy of mine I was hanging out at the time, and uh, we scra- scratched together some money and found a place and got some equipment and just went for it. Yeah, and I yeah. think uh, I think the timing was right. Um, this was maybe before, uh, I'll, I'll call it a big boom of expansion mm-hmm. of, of craft breweries in Quebec. You know, our, our permit number is 141. And I think they're at 250 something, maybe a bit more now. Oh, so wow. in the last five years, is it's almost doubled in Quebec, which is just amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in the beginning, you know, we were trying to figure out our identity, and you know, uh, with with a very small marketing budget. So uh, I think what we always like to do mm-hmm. is is do a, do plays on words for our, our our naming, and that was kind of. Yes. Kind of what we did, and you can see it with with Hellas, yeah. You know, it's just throwing some fun words together and and kind of be comical about the whole thing. And I think that kind of comes in the name of uh, Labrosse as well. And I I didn't get it, and I think I, we talked about this on the on the first podcast. Is I didn't get what what Labrosse meant in a Quebec slang or, or French slang. Quand de virer en says to get drunk. So it's. You know, every time we would have people coming into the brewery, contractors or whatever, helping us get set up, they would laugh when they they heard what the, the name <laughs> of the is. So, yeah, I love it. And I I, I guess that kind of stuck. So we we still like to work on uh, on plays plays on words, uh, les jeux de mots. Love it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's dope. So then, okay, so you when we were talking, it was like three years ago. You had. Um, like we're talking about the other flagships, like the Gold Digger, the Nor'easter, and um, I think you had the Brute IPA, which was really good too. What was that called? <clears throat> yeah, uh, it was A2 Brute, or A2 Brute, That's uh, right. which is uh, right. Macbeth, I think, uh, play on words. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I remember like you were one yep. of the first, I think, to have like a regular Brute that you kept bringing back. Yeah, we, we did it for quite a while. Uh, it was m- maybe for a year, two years. Um, I think really the That's only longer than most. Reason. Yeah, I think maybe only McCausland um, kept kept doing theirs. Uh, I don't I don't see any any anymore. Um, it was supposed to be this huge <clears throat> new thing, you know, drier IPA that uh, that people could just drink all day, and it, it just didn't stick. So yeah, shame. I love that style too. I'm definitely yeah, and then and you know maybe this cold IPA thing, uh, and I hadn't heard about it until Dan, our our brewer, mentioned it, and you know had me on the hunt for for looking for one. Um, But I think he found a few, and 
And I think he put together a, a really fantastic, you know, flavorful, floral, citrusy, dry IPA, and it's 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 really nice. I love it. I love that. One. I'm looking cool. forward to, uh, to to trying that because when I like when I first read about uh, cold IPAs like a few months back, I was intrigued by it. But all, uh, like, but really, almost no one like almost no one is making them. And uh, like b- between Ontario and Quebec, yours was the second one that I <laughs> that I'd heard Same. of. The only other one that I was aware of was uh, like was Leeway that matron in uh, like in Prince Edward County did. So I'm I, I'm keen yep. to try yours. Awesome, nice. Yeah, it's it's nice to think that you're on the forefront of something, and and you always hope that something sticks and catches. Um, and we we've tried that a lot with a lot of things that we've we've done in the past, and you know some were successful, and some we had to had to cut because there was just no interest. Um, you know, I I I do that like that side of it, but you know, on the other side of it, uh, we do have to follow what some of the the super trendy things are, you know, just that haze craze. Everybody's going bonkers over it. You know, the, the one thing I haven't gotten yet into is is the uh, smoothie, sour, whatever, chunky. I don't know what they are. The greatest things ever. Have, yeah. Well, see, now that you've mentioned now that you've mentioned that, C is gonna like C is gonna be on your ass to like to make one now. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta need to, bro. Um, I would, I, I would be a bit curious to hear about, like, mm-hmm. to hear about ideas that you had that you like that wound up being shelved due, uh, due to lack of interest. If you, like, if you think you can uh, speak to any of those, um, yeah, maybe one that um, we thought it was a great idea. Um, you know, more maybe even for the branding of it. Um, it was our pioneer or pionier. Uh, there was a, a bar in the West Island called the Pioneer. It used to be Clyde's, and then they renamed it to Pioneer. And you know, it was this old kind of interior wood pine, you know, old kind of style. Uh, so when it closed, we wanted to immortalize this place, and we we called the beer a Pioneer. And we made a kind of an amber saison, like a farmhouse uh, mm. beer, but we put pine pine tips in it and it it gave it a very interesting flavor but it you know it might not be something that i would ever ever want to do again yeah i think uh the red farmhouse wasn't really what what people were were looking for at the time Mm. yeah yeah i i i could see that that's a that's yeah like like that's a pretty that's a pretty tight um uh, needle to thread, <laughs> like, like with something yeah. like that. Like if, like if you have, like there would have been, um, there would have been a time where I think people would have been more, like more open to that style. I'm thinking, like I'm thinking pre haze craze, like uh, like probably, yeah. uh, like like probably prior to like prior to like 2016. Um, like you, the, there might have been a bit more interest in that. Like that same, that sounds to me like one of the kind of special seasonal releases that Bose might have put out back like back in the day yeah. um but, yeah. But, but yeah like kind of with certain like as the trends change on that as i'm sure like as i'm sure you've noticed you probably hit a like you you probably had that at a time when like when when interest was less what was less going in that direction from the sounds of it no, exactly, and you know the the more we tried to make some some very creative things the more we saw that they were you know, going towards those less often and going more towards 
you know, fruit added or adjuncts added into, into beer and, and the hazy IPAs. So we, we had to make some tough decisions and um, decided to, you know, sell off whatever we had of, of, of those, you know, creative um, character beers and, and, you know, kind of make a whole line of, of trendy stuff, I'll call it, mm. which, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's, it, I, I, I do love those beers too. I love traveling around and, and seeing what, what these other breweries have to offer. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a time and place to play, but not, not all the time. How do you sort of navigate that? Like, do you like now knowing that you've had a few things that you've had, you know, you tried it, didn't work. You tried to be creative. Like, how do you test new things um, at this point? <clears throat> so um, I think maybe that's that's why we started the labs is that we can get away with making it once. And if it didn't work, you know, lesson learned. Um, you know, I think people are, are maybe even more willing to try some interesting or different things if it's under a banner of innovation or labs or, you know, like even all the, the stuff that, that uh, Brewski's doing, um, you know, it's all very experimental and just their whole brand is, is about experimental. And I think, I think people do like that. You can get away with, with trying stuff under that heading. I like that. Yeah. And we don't, we don't try to brew too much of it. You know, we, we try it if it works like the old Kotzer, we, we tried it once people loved it. Um, I think it was our fastest selling batch that we've ever made. And I'm like, okay, let's make it again. We'll hold off for a couple months and let people's tongues get wet and, and then make another one. I like that. So the lab series now, I, I from, I've had a few of them in the past, and I believe they're numbered. Like It's kind of like you know, lab series 08 or whatever. Yep. So we, we started with, uh, with numbering them, and, and we actually did that with, with our other uh, main line as well. There's, there's a number hidden on, on every single can, and that's Absolutely. just a... It, it, it lets us know and it maybe lets customers know if they, if they know what that means, how far we've gone, how many recipes we've ever made. Yeah, 95. That's 95 different recipes on that main line uh, since the day we started. So it's, you know, it's, it's come quite a ways. That's cool. Man. Um, so yeah, we're, we're up to, what, 25 on the labs right now. Nice. Um, some sometimes if we make one that's fairly similar, uh, or we tweak the recipe, we'll call it a dot two. Um, and it's, yep. So, you know, it kind of branches out then at a point. Um, but still, we, we still like to name them all. We still like to have the, that, that fun, you know, play on words with the naming and, and the marketing. So. Very cool. For the lab series, what type of stuff have you been playing around with? I know you mentioned Haze, and I think all the ones that I had were Hazy IPAs from that series. But what else have you done? Yeah, for the most part, um, you know, that, I guess that was the first thing I was looking to to dial in is is really to get a a solid foundational understanding of how to make these beers and how to make them last as long as possible and what hops work together and what yeasts we're going to use and how often we can reuse yeast without having to buy a, a fresh pitch every time. Um, so it was it was a lot of a lot of that and a lot of a lot of trying to refine, you know. <laughs> how do they call it? Fix an airplane while you're flying it, trying to, trying yeah. to figure out a, a good recipe uh, while we're operating. And, uh, and I think we really dialed in some, some good keepers. So um, a lot of hazy IPAs, um, again, like the cold IPA, some, some innovation stuff. 
but we've we've thrown a couple of, uh, or at least one, um, Imperial uh, Stout in there. The uh, the Stormtrooper, which I think was number four oh, yeah. of that series. What was yeah, that, that again? That one, uh, um, just a, a Cocoa Nib Coffee Imperial Stout. But there was something uh, different about had, it, wasn't there? You did some like really interesting thing, I think, with the stout. Um, with that one, I I don't. No? I think it was just cocoa nibs and coffee. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm thinking of another one. You did. There was something Maybe. I remember seeing that you did it because Noah from Beerism, um, when he got it, he yep. showed us the photo. I'm like, that's it was fascinating. Whatever it was, it was something I hadn't seen before. Okay. okay. I'd what have to. It? I think it look, was eh? a year and a half ago. Do I have? Yeah, I have one here. Maybe it's written on the can. Yeah. There was there was something specific though that it was. Uh, either something else either is either an ingredient or something. Oh yeah, it's team lactose. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> they just wanted to make you say it. <laughs> you know the facts. You have to do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, out of all the labs uh, that we've made, I think we still have uh, a few cans of that one, and it's like obviously stouts can can age uh they mellow and it's a it's a high percent alcohol it's 11 percent uh i tried a can a couple weeks ago before uh i went dry for the year or for the for the month and the month. it is just mellow and nice and smooth and warming and yeah that those kind of beers that you want to drink uh when it's minus 25 outside like this weekend yep I think right now, just uh, if you want to be exact, my thing says minus 20 feels like minus 31. Oh, jeez. And it's going to be, let's get down to minus yeah, it's not, 30. Yeah, it's not, it's, not it's not getting much warmer over the rest of the weekend. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I haven't been out of the house nope. since we got back from Toronto on January like 3rd. And uh, the weather has just been horrendous. Like, thank God for delivering groceries. Otherwise, like we'd be in trouble. I'm just looking, the whole weekend is just yep. trash, like hot garbage. And even going into Monday, it's still in the mind. Okay, hang on. What day is that? That's Monday. Yeah, it's going to start to get better. Either way, is this not, I don't want to talk about weather because I know it's boring, but is this not, does this happen every year and we just like always have a selective memory and we forget? Or is it, because I feel like it's not normally like 30 degrees, minus 30 for like four days in a row. It's like one I day. Think we just I, don't I think we just block it out every year because, because I, like, I think this definitely does happen every year. It's just, like it's just so unpleasant that like that we block it out and then we end up being surprised again every year. But this definitely does happen every year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How much? How much do you drink, C? Do you remember what happened last year? Dude, I said to Tiff all the time. I'm like, remember like last week? It just she goes, that was like this morning. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it happens every single day. I have no idea what's happening at any given time. Like it's uh, so may maybe you're just moving really fast. You're approaching the speed of light, and things are just really slow for ooh, everybody else. There you go. It could be yeah. it, man. Just ahead of the yeah. game. Yeah, uh, it's probably. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm from all northern Alberta, so you know, a little minus twenty five cold snap for a couple of days is is kind of like it? spring for us. <laughs> I I got a friend in um uh, in Calgary who's uh who owns a brewery and I had her on recently just before Christmas and I think in like mid December it was in the minus thirties and uh, yep yeah that doesn't seem sounds about like that yeah I know I, I can imagine you probably don't miss that too much that would uh, that's the shit where you're throwing like the hot water in the air and it like freezes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I had a friend that did that uh, just <laughs> last week. I I'd never actually seen anybody do it, but uh, yeah, a buddy of mine did mm. it and turned to snow. It was interesting. 
That's one. Of the, that's one of those things of it. Like every, every time you like you see uh, like, like you see someone on the news do that, it, it, it's it's just a case of like it's you just kind of have to shake your head a little bit. Of, like okay, like how like how many reports are there going to be of people like scalding themselves if they like throw it if they throw it into the wind and it uh, like and it blows back on them? Like like that's just a, that's just a case of like that's just asking for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Or directly into their face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, ice mask. Oh, jeez. Keeping the hospitals busy. Yeah. Fuck I mean, yeah. if I mean, if it, like if they just get snow in their face, that's fine. But like, I re- like like you'd really hope it freezes before that happens. <laughs> yeah. Wonder how long you go. Yeah. I could. Oh God. It's just. Yeah, it's no. just crazy. But, but you know what? I maybe it's a a real Canadian thing, but we just love complaining about the weather. And oh, I was yeah. I was chatting yeah, with a friend earlier today. I'm like, you know what? I, I'd rather complain about the weather than com- continue complaining about this this pandemic. I just like I want to get back to normal complaining, <laughs> not, not yeah. the other complaining. I agree. Yeah, when the, yeah well, like when the weather was the like was the like was the worst thing that we had to complain about. <laughs> I miss those it. days. That's it. Back yep. to simpler times, you know. Hopefully, hopefully yep. soon. But um, okay, cool. So the lab series. Doing a bit of haze, a bit of uh, um, the stars, loving it. Um, has yep. anything? What's changed with say your flagships um, between sort of last time we shadowed now? Yeah, so we've we've just reduced the number. Uh, I think of of the flagships that we want to continuously make over and over. You know, if we're going to make a one off, we'll we'll put it underneath the labs banner, and you know, just has a a temporary space with us and. And then we can move on. If we want to bring it back, we'll bring it back. Um, if we don't, you know, it's, I guess you could even call it maybe our, our seasonal, uh, the labs is more like our seasonal stuff as well. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it easier for, for grocery stores. It makes it easier for, for bars that want to carry kegs of something just, you know, the same thing all the time. Instead of them having to, to, to flip through a, a binder of like 30 different flagship beers, you know, you got... You got a, a more streamlined uh, offering, uh, you know, four, six. I think we're gonna car- carry. Okay, I like that. Yep. And then for the for the bars that are a bit more, uh, you know, avant-garde, uh, you know, willing to to try adventurous, try some some rotational stuff. Uh, they can pick any of the kegs from from the lab stuff. So yeah, just kind of kind of keeping those separate. Smart. No, I like I like that as yeah. well. I like having like the banner to mess around. I think that's really smart to have like that brand where you can just oh, we come up with a cool idea, you can just pull the trigger, move on it, throw it out under the apple, we won't have to worry too much about yep. interfering yep. with the rest, which is great. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I won't say that uh it's it's an original idea. Um, you know, I, I took I took a little bit of a, a backseat from from running things for a while with, with LeBras and you know, I was I was adventuring out and looking around seeing what other breweries are doing for for the better part of uh of 2020 um you know we had another partner step into the business he, he was he was managing a lot of things and uh i did get to see how other breweries are set up um how they're structuring like you know i guess my, my example is like boreal they have their their main main few beers and then they they play with uh brasso denal their their um like the the Nordest and and uh, Double Descent and and all those beers, it's their 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 playground, their sandbox. So, right. I think it's important for for breweries to keep up 
uh, with new things and try to experiment. You know, that's certainly what what the demographic is looking for is is all the new things. So if you can if you can get both of those, I think uh, you know you're you're winning. Great point. Yeah, for Not, sure. yeah I love that. Um, okay, so you've you've trimmed down the flagships. So yep. I love that. Now the branding. So looking oh, at the can with, here. With one, yes. with one exception, we're, we we added a new mm-hmm. one. This one was the beer of the summer. I'm trying to rotate it right here. It's, the camera's backwards. Sang is mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yep. Um, so blood orange sour, just a, a kettled sour. Um, really amazing. Uh, it tastes like an Aperol spritz. Um, Someone, oh yeah, that's someone. Nice. Someone introduced. Yeah, they introduced that to me this summer. I never had one before, but obviously knew what it was, and I fell in love with the, the just subtle bitterness and you know lightness of it. So Dan threw this together, and it is so good. Um, yeah, we're gonna keep that one on there. I think just a a nice offering to to round out that that mainline brand. That's great. That's uh, year round. Yeah, we're going to keep it uh, keep it year round. I think we ran out recently, but uh, we'll we'll make it again here soon. Cocktail inspired beers mm. see like seem to be uh, like a low key uh, <clears throat> fan favorite in like in a lot of uh, like in a lot of places. I noticed it's not something yeah. that uh, like that a lot of people outright market it as, but it's one of those things that uh, like that when done right, like really seems to. Uh, uh, like really seems to take off. That's and, and that, that's the first time I've heard of uh, well, like of one uh, being inspired by an Aperol spritz. That's uh, like that sounds like it would be pretty good. Yep, and you know maybe we haven't even marketed it properly. Uh, I think the the biggest sell we get on it is when someone comes into the brewery with their wife or girlfriend or something. They're like, "Oh, I really don't like beer. Do you have any? Do you have any cocktails?" I'm like, "Well." Have a cocktail beer. Does that work? And and you know, like nine times out of ten, they they're sold on the spot. So, um, but I think yeah, maybe we could do a bit better in, in just you know making making everyone aware of of what that one is and and what it is. You know, like I was kind of joking with the uh, the smoothie smoothie sours and stuff. You know, I think this one, you know, it doesn't play in that arena, but it it plays in its own arena. Like you said, uh, cocktail inspired inspired beers that it, it tastes nothing like beer but it's you know made with all malt and you can almost consider it a, a very flavored seltzer almost it kind of has that light just you know touch of bitterness to it mm. yeah there's definitely right. some discussion around smoothies and, and people get kind of passionate uh about whether it's beer or not and i believe yeah. most of the time it's 50 percent beer like it's a berlinowice base but they just put unfermented fruit in it Sometimes they pasteurize yep. at some breweries and figure that out. But like yep. Derek from Brewski did admit that he doesn't think it's beer. I don't really care, but people get the people who are mad about him. Obviously, like I'm team smoothie all day. <laughs> like, <clears throat> it's the great, they're amazing. I love them. I would drink them every day if yep. I could. But like, yeah, they're like, who even gives a shit? Is it beer? Is not whatever. Just is it good? Yeah. It's all you got to do is get it in you. Look at that. That was a segment. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there right. he goes. Eh? Look at that. <laughs> huh? I didn't even tell you to say that. Um, uh, no, no. He learns. He learns. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've tried a few of them. Um, it's not something that I go to all the time, but uh, I was in Toronto as well um, right before Christmas, and I stopped out at, at Third Moon and picked up a whole whack of stuff that they had. And, yeah, I'm sold on it. it it's just 
it's awesome. So we can expect one. Uh, we might be working on one. It might be a Mom collab. Yeah. Oh. All right. Oh, we'll, we'll see if we Teaser. can leak some stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Depends on depends on how many beers you uh, you get me through. I haven't haven't drank <laughs> in a week, so these are this first beer is already hitting me. It was a four percenter. Oh, it's. Uh, Speaking of which, is uh, probably about time to crack into the next one, eh? Yes, sir. So we're doing the IPA, the Oat Couture. Um, or we so going to do the a, other one? It's an oat. An oat cream. Um, it'll <clears throat> that one will paint your palate quite nicely. Uh, I'm figuring after the Hellas, maybe the Iceberg IPA, the cold IPA, might be the move because um, it's yeah. it's it's drier. It's going to be much like the Hellas, except for you know a lot of floral notes, uh, some citra, um, you know, not not too much bitterness, uh, a, lot, a lot of effervescence on it. So right. I'd I'd suggest that one. The Iceberg, perfect. All right. Could you get a like a big fridge at the bottom? Bottom right, Iceberg. Beautiful. So this is the cold IPA. Just like Nate, I've only ever had um, one. I had the Matron one from Ontario. So I am curious. So for people who don't know, I think this is this must be the first cold IPA we've ever had on the podcast here. So for people who haven't heard of, uh, actually, you know what? If I've only ever had one myself, then it's guaranteed this is the first one. So you know, do you want to break down a little more? Um, what this specific style is, because essentially it's like we're talking about brewed IPAs, and you know this is one of the new kind of like trends that came out of the states where maybe one brewery made it and launched it out there, and a few other breweries have given it a crack, and it's a super interesting uh, style. Thank you, man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit what makes it different than a regular New England IPA. Yeah. So, um, first we'll cheers. Oh, we'll do. Let me, let me pull. I just got to get the photo while we're the poor photo. Oh, because oh, yeah. it matches my, my pants too. Yes. Nice. <laughs> oh, almost there. Okay. So it's like, not you're, like. You're wearing pants? Uh, let's say, let's say I'm not. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice glass, Nate. There we go. That's Ooh. looking nice right there. All right, yeah, nice and clean. Boom. Fellas, freaking get it in ya. Cheers, guys. Miserovia. Great head. Nice. So I, I want to understand what I'm drinking here because it's a very yep. unique thing. It's an IPA, but it's lagered or it's got lagered yeast that's – can you explain it? I yep. always forget. So – Sure. Um, so in the brewing process, well, to simplify, because there's a, a bunch of other yeasts that you can use, but the two main yeast styles are, or uh, strains are ales and lagers. Okay. Uh, ales, you know, all your IPAs, Indie Pale Ale, are, are made with ale um, yeasts, and they like to be fermented quite warm. Um, cool. The lager yeasts, uh, like you make your lagers, pilsners, uh, those things, they, they like to be fermented uh, colder and longer. And that really cleans up the, the beer. Uh, you could get my brewer to talk all day about the uh, phenolics and other stuff, brewing terms, um, <laughs> that I, I don't understand all of that. Uh, but I know it gives you a, a drier, cleaner beer. 
Okay. Um, so we, I guess, the the style or what what they were trying to achieve instead of, you know, drinking one or two heavy, thick, full mouthfeel, um, hazy IPAs and being done, they wanted that same kind of flavor profile, the same color, the same citrusy notes to it, but something uh, more. I don't know, sessionable or you know, drier, uh, so that you could have you could have maybe a few more. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and you say sessionable, and this is a seven point one percent, but uh, but like it certainly doesn't drink like a seven uh, like a seven point one percent. No, that's it. So it's yeah, it's it, it's kind of a, a hidden <laughs> hidden punch. Um, yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, it 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 feels lighter. You know, I I feel less bloated and less heavy after I have a couple of these versus mm. like even the oat kotsura have I have one of those I'm like Ooh, that one's thick like drinking mm-hmm. porridge <laughs> yeah definitely and uh, uh, I think something that helps contribute it to a dr- like to a drinking lighter is um, the, 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 like it, it it drinks with a fair like with fairly high carbonation um, which yep. definitely, uh, like, which definitely lightens it up a bit, and uh, you, you certainly yep. weren't kidding about the uh, like about the floral notes in there. Um, that comes mm. uh, like that comes through uh, like, like quite a bit, and um, and uh, like I'm th- I'm thinking to the way uh, like to the way Noah Beerism like might describe it because he's very uh, like because he is also one who could talk at length about uh, like about phenols and uh, like and the flavor yeah. uh, like in the flavor profiles that, that like that that brings out. But um, that along with your kind of uh, uh, like you know you, you like you've kind of got the Canadian classic sea hops uh, like Chinook and Centennial in there, yeah, like, yeah. like giving it kind of uh, uh, like giving it kind of an earthy profile as well um like which kind of meshes pretty well with the floral notes and um and then it's like and then you've also got like some notes of pineapple like coming through in there too it's uh it's a, it, like it's a nice beer like like you say it drinks light but still has uh it still has quite a quite a good depth of flavor to it yeah yep yeah awesome. and i think to support those flavors you you do need, you do need a little bit of a higher percent alcohol you know, that's why mm-hmm. all these hazy IPAs are they're up around you know six and a half, seven, seven and a half. You know, constantly, there's just so much, so much going on. You need that backbone to support it, and you know, the the same is with, is with this one. Um, but like you said, just you know, the effervescence it it kind of lightens it up. Um, doesn't doesn't feel too heavy. So, you know, I I really like how this this one came out. Yeah, and this is actually I think our second version. Yeah, it is our second version of this one. Yes. Uh, we did the uh, glacier, the glacier. That was our first rendition. This one, I think, I like a bit more. It's a bit more floral. Okay, so it's good. It's a second one. Okay, I just saw that in Untapped right now. Um, so it was a different hop combo too, from what I could tell. Oh, uh, I I forget what the dot one had. Do I have one up there? I don't. Glacier is um, mosaic citra nazaka. Yep, so different. So you went with like Nate said, you know, Chinook Centennial Amarillo. So I guess I'm getting a bunch of everything Nate said spot on there. I'm getting a little bit of the, there's like some t- like subtle fennels in the back. Um, it's a little earthy as well. And I imagine the, that would come from the Chinook Centennial kind of flavor profiles that they would give it, which is interesting. It's such an interesting beer because it's like, it's clearly a hazy IPA, but like the, what what would you say that the lager it's lager yeast right? Yep. Fermented warm. 
is that fermented warm, like a lager, like an ale? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's fermented, uh, fermented cold. It's lagered. Okay, so it's lagered. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What what elements does it? Would this? What elements does that give a beer like this? It separates it from like a standard New England IPA that's made with ale yeast. Would you say? Um, so I, I think I think it 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 ends up tasting uh, I'll call cleaner. You know, okay. the, like the difference between your your standard pilsner or a blonde ale. Blonde ale, mm-hmm. you're it's going to feel uh, more I'll call it warm or m- like muddled. Whereas mm-hmm. you know you like the term crispies, uh, it it gives it more of a crisp, defined finish. Mm. I think that's that's really one thing that that a lager or yeast will will do. Okay. So you know. I have a sip of, of this iceberg and I, I really feel it bite into my tongue versus uh, you'll try the Otkotsuru after. And that's kind of a, it's way on the other side is that it's just going to paint your tongue and it's going to feel soothing and, you know, warm in your, in your mouth. Gotcha. The, what would be the, di- and this is what I always forget and, and forgive me if we already discussed this, but what was the difference between a cold IPA and an IPL in the Apel Lager? I forgot. I've read it before. I just oh, can't remember. Yeah. An IPL. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Because I thought there was – what I've read – Do you? I don't know if you remember, Nick, because I know we've spoken about this in the past. But there was something like – it was what I recall, and this is – that's why I asked about the yeast. I thought, and I think I must have had this wrong then, that it used like lager yeast that's supposed to be fermented cold, but you ferment it warm or something, which, gave, which did different things to the – to the to the yeast or some shit that changes it up. I can't even remember. And or something maybe. Yeah, because- it's. Yeah, the, 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 no, there yeah. was an article that I that, like that I had read on the like on the creation of the, the mm-hmm. like of the style from the, the like from Ecliptic and uh, like and the other brewery out in like out in Portland, Oregon that, um, that like that did it. And it's not fresh enough in my mind to uh, like to remember, but it was uh, like but it was distinguishing the two styles and what the di- like and what the distinguishing factors were. I can't exactly place off the top of my head, but now I'm curious and I'm going to have to go look that up again. I have it right here. So it says, don't go okay, on mistake. Cold. Here we go. I'm here to. So whereas IPLs dis- depend on the lager yeast, moderate hops and a crisp finish with straw to gold color, cold IPAs aren't afraid to unleash the hops and crank up the ABV with a crystal clear clarity. So this is not telling me what the fuck it is, bro. So it's saying they use... We, that didn't really tell me anything, did it? That was like fucking vague. So, so kind of like nothing to do well, with that kind of, well, 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 that kind of fell flat. Here you are, like here you're all coming, like coming in all strong. Like I'm going to yeah. tell you what's what. I probably should have <laughs> read it before I read it out loud. This is the BSG. This is like the yeast company one. I've seen this article before. Why isn't it here? We go. Craft beer Joe might tell us. I think we just need to know now. It says, "What is a cold IPA? Um, isn't about the temperature, blah blah blah. The malt. Okay, the malts." is used to design to provide a lighter body than maybe a straight up New England. Maybe you're trying to like chuckle oats in there and make it thick. Like you said, the oat couture is thick as fuck. I know it's got lactose in it, but it's a different approach to it. And yep. it's dry hopped at the end of fermentation. You dry hop this, I imagine, with these hops too? Yeah. Yep. Yes, we did. Yep. Um, 
Cool, so they dry them out. Are you saying anything else about y- y- the lager yeast? Man, these people are just not clear. Tell me what the fuck it is. This is so annoying. Anyway, we're not going to look it up. We're going to sit here all night. This is not a Google show. This is not Joe Rogan. Um, shouts to Joe. I love Joe. Um, anyway, it's fascinating stuff, man. Oh, okay, so do you both reckon this will, you know, like we saw what happened with Brood IPAs. I really liked them. And you know, fun fact, I went to San Francisco in 2019 just before fucking shit hit the fan. And the brewery yep. who invented brewed IPAs is called Social Brewery. And they're in the, on the west side of San Francisco. I was willing to go out there. I wasn't anywhere near there. And I hit them up on social. I'm like, hey, do you have – it wasn't on their website. It wasn't on the, on the page that they had. I'm like, hey, do you have a, the brewed IPA? And they're like, no, we don't have it right now. I'm like, you invented it, bro. How did you not have it? <laughs> so, even, even they gave up. <laughs> even they were just like, fuck it. I was genuinely pissed because I haven't met a single human being who's had the original Brood IPA. I've had 20 yep. different versions of it, but I've never met anyone. I was like, finally, I get to try it. So it didn't work. So that lasted, what, one year, two years, less? For us? Yeah. Yeah, for you. Uh, I guess I heard it coming out maybe yeah, a couple of years and then it was gone. Yeah, it was gone. But you know, out of out of all the beers that we've had our our customers ask for again, I think the brewed IPA is probably the most. Where they're like, really? bring it back, we miss it. Yeah. And I think we at one point we brewed just way too much of it. We were kind of putting all the all the eggs in one basket and like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. It's gonna sell like hotcakes, and we we brewed way too much of it. And I think some of it sat on the the store shelves, like you know we talked about before, and 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 a lot of it went past its uh, its prime, and we had to pull pull a lot back, and I think it was it was one of those things of just like okay, let's not make it again for a while. Let's just put this one behind us. That's fair enough. I mean, look, that shit happened. So then, with something like the cold IPA, I know it's in your lab series, so you haven't like locked it in as much. Whereas before you before you had this with the brute. Um, do you both, I'd be curious what you both think. Do you guys think this is going to be some, being that we've found one in Ontario, one in Quebec, uh, and that's as far as it's gone so far. Do you guys think that this might be something that could have some legs or where do you guys see this going? Um, go ahead first. If you've, if you've got thoughts on that, Troy, I'll, uh, uh, and then, then I'll chime in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I I look at other styles that have come out and you know how quick the uptake was with them. Um, you know, let's let's talk about talk about the the smoothies. You know, it did take a little while for for it to catch on. It took a little while for them to to refine what they were doing and make sure they didn't get separation of fruit and 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 the liquids and you know make it make it something um, that 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 was desirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think this has a, a market. I think, you know, th- there's a lot of people that do like those thick beers, but there's a lot that love the flavor, but just want something lighter, or, or at least feels lighter. So I think I think it has legs, but I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, anywhere near where where like smoothies were, or or even you know just the the hazy IPAs. If you want to compare it to just that, it's 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 not going to not going to be like the next the next best thing. But I think I think it's I think it'll be something that maybe a lot of breweries will try try once or twice and you know maybe carry one every once in a while seasonal. Mm. Okay, Nate, what do you reckon? 
Yeah, my uh, like. Well, my thought on this is that this is kind of already not following the same trajectory as the, like as brute IPAs. Uh, like with like with brutes, it was the kind of thing that as soon as anyone knew about them, within like within a couple of months, almost everyone and their dog was uh, <laughs> like like was putting out uh, like was putting out a brute until um, like you know until as we've said it fizzled out uh, like a, a year and a half mm-hmm. later. Whereas this is kind of I think. Lingering in the background, um, like, like I don't think it's really, uh, like I, I don't think it's hitting uh, like the same kind of hype status that like that brutes hit for a very like for a very brief period. I feel like this kind of has a bit more of a cult following. Um, mm. it, like it, it, it's something that's kind of like that's kind of lingering in the background. And what that like what I think that means is that it's not going to have the same kind of meteoric rise and then uh, like and then just completely fall off the map like brutes did i feel like it might stick around for longer never quite hit the same peak but maybe just linger in the background a little bit um that like you know the like the breweries who are interested in uh, like in trying their hand at it well uh, like we'll give it a try you, you probably won't see um you probably won't see many people doing them but you'll see them pop up here and there that's uh that's completely fair yep. I think I'd yeah, probably align. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd align with that for sure. It's going to be interesting. I think that, like, okay, and this is probably a question as well as like a sort of statement, but I wonder if the brute IPA situation that was pretty pop when it first came out, like brutes, people couldn't were like scrambling to do one. I remember it specifically, but then yep. you know, and then obviously it died off. Do you guys? And, and when it died off, I feel like it was like boom, like it was over. Yeah. It was like, don't you dare try a brew IPA, as opposed to yeah, like, like literally, slowly. like literally, fell off a cliff. Yeah, like it, it yeah. didn't like gradually yeah. fizzle out. It just went boom, done. So, yeah, do you think that brutes may have uh, what's the word? I was gonna say damage, but like um, negatively affected, tarnished, tarnished the reputation of these newer styles that kind of pop up that some brewery somewhere invented. And then before with brute, everyone wanted to try it, and then now they might be like, oh, "I'm not doing this brute shit again." Like, nope. yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty, pretty, a pretty good assessment of it. Um, you know, when when people get a bad taste in their mouth for for something, and it could be for any number of reasons, uh, they're a lot of times unwilling to to even give something a chance. So, mm. um, you know, there, there's a lot of similarities between the brute style and, and this, at least the one that we did. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of similarities in, in what I remember it tasting like, uh, and I haven't had one in, in a couple of years, but, yeah, um, but you know, the people that have had it at our place, uh, they've, they've loved it and they've, they've asked for us to make the second one. That's why we went with the, the second one and it, it sold quite, quite well, mm-hmm. quite quickly. Um, so, you know, I'm, again, I think, I think having the, having it in the lab series, if, if we make another uh, version of it, you know, a dot three or a dot four, we just keep keep trying different things until we dial it in. If they don't, if it if it falls off the cliff, like you said, with the brutes, there's nothing holding us back from just stopping it at that point and <laughs> putting it behind us again. So mm-hmm. um, I, that's 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 why I really like this lab series. That you know, the directions are scattering like <laughs> like chickens in a in a chicken coop that is just flying everywhere people are are all over the place and it's hard to keep up as a as a brewery to 
to make new and interesting things. And, you know, if we're not investing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in one label on a can and we can just, you know, make, make new labels for, for new things as we go, I think that's, that's kind of the direction that a lot of smaller breweries are going to take like us, like us. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think it's great, man. And look, big props to you guys for even like, you know, swinging multiple times at this uh, style. Once again, still haven't heard of anyone else in the province doing it. Um, and I think it's like, it's just good that you're at least you're willing to take a risk on it to see how people yeah. like it and to iterate yourselves, learn more about it, tweak it, change up the hops, see yeah. what happens. Like, I think that approach is really helpful to craft beer. And I'm obviously helpful to your yeah. business, but that's the innovation side that this episode has to be called hashtag team innovation. Um, awesome. Got to be. But yeah, I think that's really great. I just think it's dope because I, you know, we joke about it, but I really appreciate um, when a brewery like just like it swings. If you miss, you miss. It is what it is. You gotta, you gotta swing though. Um, yep. And particularly a style like this, you get you not only are swinging at something that you wouldn't have tried the original of because it's all from the West Coast and who even you know, same with Brute. No one's tried it, but no one else is doing it. That I'm aware of, I and mean, I might be wrong, but I've never seen it. Nate said he hasn't seen it either. You said you haven't, right? No, I've been looking. I can't can't find one anywhere. So, so you're not only are you trying, like you have to introduce this new style to your consumer base. Do you have to educate them on what it is? And none of us could even really figure it out <laughs> because the internet's not being very helpful. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're, you're yeah. Gotta, Go. No, that's that's a good point. Like, there's there's a lot of people that that come in. You know, maybe this is a symptom of of the West Island where we're at, where they just they like all kinds of things. Uh, right. They're not really into the education of it, but there are a lot of a lot of beer geeks that are out there that that do want to know. You know, how did you make it? What yeast did you use? Was it cold fermented? Was it dry hop? Like, they're more they're more educated to start with, and and having they're you know starting with that better better conversation. Right. So, yep. Yeah, okay. there's there's definitely a mixed mixed bag of of people that 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 are that are that are trying our beers. Okay, I, I like that because you got the I guess you got curious. Um, I guess like you mix people, but you got the curious ones where you can explain it. But either way, you're introducing a whole new style, and you probably have people coming in uh, because they're going in with their friends that like beer. They don't know much about beer, and then. You got to teach these people about this whole new style. And I think it's cool, man. I think it's really like um, interesting that you're even giving it a crack, and that obviously it sold well enough, and there was enough interest to do a second version. Um, yep, which yep. is awesome. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, there was there was some guy I forget his name. Uh, you miss a hundred percent of the goals you don't. Sh- yeah, hundred percent of the goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yeah. I, Forget the guy that that said it. I don't know some some guy. He's I think he was a hockey player. Yeah, I think, I think he played out west. Back with Oh, was it Gretzky? Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was Gretzky. Excuse my. Uh, well, I don't know because I'm not from this country. I don't fucking know. I didn't know him because really? he not? has the. No, I like you know. I've been around. I've been to his winery. It's pretty dope. Nice, nice. I've been to his bar in Toronto. There's a bar. Right oh, that bar. There. Isn't that like? Uh, yeah. I thought they closed that down. It was on that, oh, like, maybe. Oh, that, that was like that was 15 years ago when I went, yeah. Now he's got all fancy. They got the distillery, a brewery, and a winery all in this one place in Niagara Lake. Fancy. It's super fancy. Yes. And the beers aren't shit. I was actually pretty surprised. It's good. The wine's decent. Wow. Wow. Fucking good on him. I don't give a shit about him, but good on him. 
Anyway, when we talk about Gretzky, oh, because he said that, yeah. So he said that. <laughs> I didn't know he said that. I thought it was like Michael Jordan or something. It sounds well, like a Michael Jordan said it too. quote, but yeah. <laughs> it was Gretzky. Okay. I think Michael Jordan did say it, but I think he was quoting Gretzky when he said it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Well, excuse me. I don't know. Like, I think the other, like, if there's anyone who's not from Canada listening, they probably wouldn't have known that either. I was just hoping that was right because I knew nothing about it. I call it ice hockey. People make fun of me because it's different. <laughs> there's two types of hockey. I'm just saying. There is, yeah. And you yeah. have to differentiate. I actually... I had a friend in high school. She played uh, field hockey. Yeah. And she was the one that educated me that there's not one type of hockey. Okay, that's true. They made us play field hockey yep. in, in high school. They made us do it. Like, and they that was you. they forced you. But when you play, you know, what, what's what's the class called? PE. You did. Is that what's called PE? Physical education. I don't yeah, PE or gym. We we usually call it gym. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not okay. Well, in Australia, we call it PE, and they made you play field hockey because Australia has a wicked for the I think it's Olympic sport. And they do well, so they make you play that shit. So ice hockey, it's very different. Like, they don't really have it yeah. out there. Anyways, I'm digressing very seriously here. But we're talking about the, the shots that you can't take or don't take or some shit. We're talking about the, the Gretzky yeah. quote. That's how we got going. Anyway, fuck it. Yeah, I'll, no, and you know, I, I, think, I think we want to keep trying to innovate and, and looking at new things and you know, trying to make the things that we're making better. Yeah. Um, that's that's really the the spirit of what this is what this is doing. Love it, love it. Yeah, to uh, to, to come back to uh, like to one of C's earlier questions there with um, uh, the, the like I so with the conversation about brutes, you were saying like you know do you think that kind of uh, maybe like tainted the waters a little bit in uh, like in kind of spreading that like the like these kind of new uh, like new styles spreading in the same way i'm not sure if that's nece- like if that's necessarily what happened like, like i i feel like it's it's a similar example to draw on which may turn people off from it in the way like in the way that you described what i wonder um and and uh, what i wonder more is is it more a symptom of like where the tre- like where the trend focus is these days because with haze being like being as hype as it is, um, and it, it's definitely become a lot of th- things with like there, like there are some breweries who basically have the philosophy that uh, like that's like they have to focus on that because that's what's like because that's more what's selling. Um, and and you know if they like if they end up kind of making their name on that, and uh, like and we know a lot of breweries that do, it's. It ends up being a bit off-brand for them to go, like to go in the direction of the, like of things like brute IPAs or cold IPAs or like or anything else that's a little bit more off the like off the path of what's uh, like of what's trendy or hype. Mm. What I think I like what I think I appreciate about the like about the way you guys are doing things is when you kind of have this lab series like which is a bit off to this like which is a bit off to the side of your main lineup is it does allow that kind of flexibility to like to explore yeah. of things like that i like that because i like you know i like i prefer like even though i like i'm a big haze head and i like i like i love my uh, um like like you know a thick hazy double ipa I also like I also like variety and and you know when these new styles come up I want to like 
Like, I want to try them. Like, I'm curious to try cold IPAs, which is why I think it's cool that you guys, uh, like, that you guys have not, uh, like, have done not one but two now even. So it's, like, I think it's a good thing to be able to have that variety to mix into your lineup. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. Thanks. I love it. I'm here for it. It's great. It's fascinating. I do know what's even funny. While we were talking, I found another article which is on the Ecliptic and Wayfinder, the actual guys who invented it. And I still can't get yeah. a solid answer from this fucking article from their press release. I still don't have a real solid answer as to what it is. I was kind of like scanning on my okay. Yeah. You got one? While you were pulling, uh, like, well, while we were talking about mm. that earlier, I found the article that I uh, like that that mm. I had referenced when we were talking about this back on the Chinwag, uh, like a little while back. Let's see if uh, do you want to uh, want to see if this answers the question, or maybe we can put this to bed so that we're not reading off of blog posts the entire Please. episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's give okay. it a crack. So this is from the Washington Beer Blog. This is what I this, this is I'm what on I that right now. referenced. We were talking about this. Okay, so it's okay. So yeah, you're there. So what is cold IPA? To brew a crisper version of IPA, brewers create cold IPA using Pilsner malt and lager yeast. Okay. Sounds a bit like an India Pale Lager, right? Because it's an IPA, its ABV is higher than an IPL. Adjuncts rice or corn, for example, are used to lighten the body. Since this is an IPA, expect gobs of hop character, not old world hop varieties like you might find in a Pilsner, but new world hop varieties like you might find in the latest and greatest IPAs. Um, and then, it, uh, the, like, and then it kind of, uh, like, kind of goes on from there. So, so not a ton, so not a ton of detail, but to, like, like, so like it's basically explaining that it's just basically uh, like a crossover style. Um, IPA brewed uh, like brewed like a lager, you like you know using lager yeast and Pilsner malt. Did you guys use Pilsner malt uh, like in yours? Well, like what's the malt base on it? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's Pilsner in there. Um, even yeah, even even the the Wicked Oyster, um, there's a there's a large base of of Pilsner malt in it. Um, and that's like I'm. I haven't had a, a nor'easter in a little while. Uh, I try to save my 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 alcohol calories for for the new stuff. Um, but it it's it's very reminiscent of that. Just that that light pilsner crispy crispiness to it. Mm. I'm go. looking up the. Uh, it's fascinating. I love it. The malt right now. Yeah, check that. Check that. You got the you got the app right there. Let's fucking go. At least we kind of got to the bottom of it, sort of. I still feel, um, I just feel as like close I, as we can get, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel satiated, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, there's a there's Pilsner malt in there. Okay, there you so go. That's what it's okay. supposed to be. That answers that. Well, hopefully, I just think it's interesting because at least with a brewed IPA, it was like it's like an IPA, but kind of like really dry. You use champagne like yeast and whatever, but this is like <laughs> yeah, complicated. That's, that's it. Yeah. Well, and, well, and well even, I mean. Uh, Go ahead, Troy. I was going to say with the the brewed IPA, even even in addition to the champagne yeast, we were putting amylase in there, which would just dry it down out to below zero. Yeah, it was just super super dry. Right, but it was yeah, easy. Yeah, I, I feel yeah, like uh, like I mean, the, like the enzyme addition was re- like, like was really what mostly made like made the brute a brute. That yeah. like you know that like yeah. the, the, all, that's all like the the, the brute thing and uh, like in the champagne comparison was almost just more of a nomenclature thing than like than anything like uh, mm. the, the, like the enzyme was really what uh, like was really what did it at the, uh, like yeah. for like at least yeah. from a for, like from a strict stylistic perspective. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm, if if you look at some of the the trendy stuff right now, like the the hazy IPAs, they're big mouthfeel. They're you know balanced. You know, even even on the the side of maybe sweet to to just get your your mouth open. Um, yep. All of the the smoothies, it's all like fresh fruit. It's vibrant. It's it's not dry. And I think a lot of people would tend towards that versus tending towards the dry. So hmm. you know, th- this this you know the cold IPA for me is is a bit more dry than than that you know balanced sweet or or full full mouth body. Um, it is for sure. So, oh, it's super dry. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking that it's it's probably not going to have a, a rise to fame like like the hazies are. Just it, may, maybe that's one of the big factors. Yeah, I don't know if any yeah, style will like like it's going to be pretty different difficult to like eclipse a New England IPA at this point. Like it's such a part of the yep. culture, and it, the the hype for it hasn't gone away, which is very interesting. And the only other style was really that I would argue that's close to the hype of pastry stouts and um, smoothie salads. That's really it. Nothing else has like got people lining up in the snow or, you know, people really love Krispies, but they're not going to fucking line up for a four pack of dry hot Pilsner or anything like that, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I can't you, see anything competing. That's all. Yeah. Do you line up in the snow? Uh, I don't own New Balances. You have to actually own a pair of New Balances to line up for beer. <laughs> it's actually a part it's of all my New Balances. They, they, have, <laughs> all my they new won't let you in the lineup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I have lined up in the, uh, the like in the snow once, uh, the, the, like on a trip to Vermont. Um, it, like it was by accident. I didn't realize that uh, like I'd be lining up for that long. Um, it was the, 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 like it was almost two hours. My toes were completely frozen by the end of it. I would not recommend it. <laughs> was that for Haiti? Oh, wow. <laughs> No, this was this was Hill Farmstead, uh, oh, like oh, back, yeah. uh, back in back in like 2018, and like half the lineup had already like had already sold out by the time like by the time we got to the front of it, it was it was not an enjoyable experience. I don't recommend it. It's the only time I did it. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lining up for uh, the, the, it's funny jokes. Lining up for beer, we always joke about it. If I see anyone with New Balance, because you go through a beer line and like dudes are just rocking New Balance, it's actually the funniest thing of all time. And they're comfortable as fuck. What do you mean? Ah, they I'm, are. They I'm, are. I never owned a pair, but I guess I need to. You know, particularly <laughs> for the next lineup. You know. No, I, I used I used to have a pair, but uh, I do way too much running now, so I just I have like Asics and three hundred dollars shoes. They're stupid. You got to replace them every couple months. Yeah, you know you can get some crazy high. I got into sneakers like in the last year or so, and I realized that New Balance. I, I didn't get into them specifically, but you can get some New Balance at like nine hundred dollars on StockX, a thousand dollars. What? Shit. Like it's wow. like as hype yeah. as are some they, of the other stuff. Are they bedazzled? I wish. Fuck. <laughs> like, 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 some of them are not far off from that. To be, uh, like, to be honest, like, 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 with some of the, the like, the cra- like, the crazy colors, and the, the, like, and there are some that that have the shapes that are like as wild as Yeezys. Like, 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 some of them are nuts. I, I had no idea that they even made, like, that they even made this until uh, like our group chat started sending these insane pictures of them. Like, like fucking New Balance makes yeah. this. I, I had no idea. No idea. 
it's a whole new I, world. I don't know what happened, but like, did I did I fall asleep when this whole shoe <laughs> culture started? Like, I don't know what I was doing. I, I was starting a business. I was I was I, like making yeah. beer, and then all of a sudden there's a shoe fetish everywhere. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I feel like it's. I think it's been a subculture forever. But they were, but it was small. It was almost like craft beer. It was like hella small, right? And then now it's kind of blown up. And I think that's what happened with shoe yeah. culture. And just as annoying, like I only got into like like Nate Mitch. I only like Yeezys. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about Jordans and all that stuff. Thank God, otherwise I'd be broke as fuck. And I only like to pay retail for them, and I've got a way to do it. But it's a luck of the draw type of thing. But you can go on these other websites where you can buy them secondary. So the Yeezys are typically about three hundred Canadian. Uh, for, for the most part, give or take. And I never would have ever spent that much on shoes. You're going to be kidding me, but I love these things and I, I'm enjoying getting into it. But I won't go, like the ones that I really want, and if they don't all, obviously they, they only release certain things. So if I, there's a secondary market and they're like minimum double the price. So you're looking at 600 wow. bucks plus all the selling fees and then the shipping and all yeah. that stuff. And... I don't know. I'm not super interested in spending that much money. Like I want it, but not that bad. So it's annoying to me though, that the sneaker culture people have fucked up the game because they go and buy, I won't, I won't deflect too much because I know this is a beer podcast, but we, they go and get bots. So they go and drop it on like yeezysupply.com and they'll have these bots that basically these people pay thousands of dollars because they're resellers. They'll get all of the, the shoes. So the regular people, I just want one pair that is my size I'm going to wear. I don't want to sell them and make double. I don't care. I just want to wear the shoes. But I can't get them because these dickheads go and do it. Then you have to go and pay double the price. So they've gone and inflated these things on the secondary yep. market and ruined the whole thing. And you could probably argue it's a similar thing with some of the hype beers where you might have like Hill Farmstead yep. or some of the stuff. Not so yep. much in Canada, but in the States and the people go and they'll line up or they'll get the bots on the website or blah, blah, blah. And then they'll go and trade them or sell it or whatever people do for insane values. And it's sort of like, it's an annoying part of these subcultures. It is. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so this podcast is now called shoes and other shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. On so that note, we, we should get another beer. Yeah. Let's grab the, um, yeah. we doing the oat. What are we doing sure. straight to the um, the Balatier? Whichever. You, you tell. What do you guys think? Uh, well, Troy, uh, uh, Troy said he wanted, uh, like we wanted to talk about uh, we wanted to talk about oats. So why don't we do oat? Do it. All right. Sounds good. In your fridge. Perfect. Oh, can you get the cup glass, please? Um. So this one is also a lab series beer. It is a lab series, yep. It's the, the latest one that we've made, uh, Haute Couture, which means high fashion. Oh, I get it. Oats. Oats. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, for all of my friends that drink oat milk. Um, I do. I love I always oat make milk. A, I, I always make a joke to them that they're drinking goat milk. Um, <laughs> my friends finally – had a comeback to me. They're like, "Oh, goat culture." Okay. So, <laughs> Do you like oat what milk? What goes around comes around. I love uh, it. I've had it. I've had it. Uh, I I love lattes, and I can't make a good oat milk latte with that. So you have know, you I'm, ever and had? From, and I'm from a farm, so so you're a farm guy. I respect milk. it. Have yeah. you? Um, I only drink oat milk. It's the greatest thing in the world. I put Tiff onto it recently. She didn't used to uh, to like it, but if you get the barista blends, 
Oof. Like, okay. I can't... I, I've had... Uh, like, sometimes people in um, cafes don't listen, so I've had to figure out a full equation on how I order in cafes because they don't fucking listen. So I've been given unintentionally, like, regular milk uh, lattes because I'm a latte fiend as well. And it's disgusting to me now. Like, it coats my mouth. It's, just, it's like mucus. It's fucking gross. But oat milk, it's money. Really? Well, yeah. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to give it another yeah, chance. Yeah, another another oat shake. Milk is de- oat milk is delicious. I love it. If you go to a, go to a cafe because they use the barista blends. So if you get the barista blends, they do microfoam like a, a like regular proper milk shoe. Yep. Are we doing a pour shot? The pot. Okay. So tell us about uh, this. I know we started. We got. To, we keep getting distracted tonight, Avery. Yep. So oat cream. Tell us about. Um, this is the first first one we've tried. Um, you know, I've been I've been seeing this style Oof, come nice. out from from a lot of the the trendy breweries. Um, you know, I I th- I think we were at a good point in our our New England IPA discovery process to know what what our base recipe should be. Um, you know, and then we had to introduce oats to it, uh, lactose to it. And, and I think this first rendition of this, um, uh, our, our customers, I think spoke for us, uh, this, this beer sold out way faster than any, any other beer did. So, nice. um, I, th- I think it was really good. It's, it's citrusy. It's, you know, a touch on the sweet side from the lactose. Uh, it's, you know, full bodied, really well balanced. I love it. I'm excited. Um, right, well, let's have cheers. a taste. Get it in you. I'll be there in just a moment. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. See, uh, uh, Tiff is okay. still taking the pictures of, of, uh, of C's there. We're okay. We're good. All right. Get it in you. All right. There we are. Cheers. Cheers. Love it. See, oat cream IPAs are uh, fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah, that's nice. Um, so this one has Citra and Simcoe, which is a nice little, uh, nice combo. Can never go wrong. Yep. Um, super creamy. What is this? 8%, right? 8%. Yeah. Does not taste 8%. My goodness. No, dangerous. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. had a couple of nights. Yeah. Maybe, maybe these, these nights were the nights that led me to, to doing dry January. <laughs> um, I, I Sorry, have, a, you know, you, you, we were talking earlier about, um, gateway beers that that bring non craft beer people into this this world. Yes, and you know, like like anybody, I've I used to drink a lot of uh, Stella Artois and Heineken, and you know, my buddies as well. And a lot of them continued on that while I went on this venture of of, of craft beer. And in the beginning, yeah, I I would bring them, you know, an ESB or you know the the Gold Digger Pilsner, and they'd be like, yeah, you know, it's I'm gonna keep drinking my my whatever beers. Right. But as soon as I started bringing them these New England IPAs, like the first time, the first beer, they're like, ah, too bitter, too like, what is that dandelion taste? What is that um, grapefruit taste? I don't get it. But then after a couple, after three, four, now they can't stop. Now <laughs> it, it's that's really the gateway. And I saw it. I saw it so many times. It's uh, it's a thing. Yeah, this this one exemplifies that. It's uh, has that that hop vibrance to it, and it's it's creamy and it's balanced. And yeah, I, I like this one a lot. 
Yeah, this is this is super solid, man. Um, the uh, the mouthfeel is crazy, I guess, because it's got. I just saw it untapped. It's fifty percent of the uh, the it's fifty percent oats for the whole thing, yep. which is which yep. is significant. Um, as well as the lactose. Oh, you're saying it's uh tastes like orange jelly beans. That's I love those weird ass tasty notes, and I'm here for it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll tell uh, tell you something that occurs to me with this too. I've, I've, I've discovered for myself a newfound appreciation for Simcoe in, uh, like in hazy IPAs. Um, because a lot of like, because a lot of hazy IPAs like can be pretty one note. Like you mentioned that, like you mentioned the sweetness that you like, that usually comes out, uh, that usually comes out of it. And particularly with big thick haze, um, you know, there's a lot of under attenuated ones out there like and kind of really unhinged not super like not super balanced ones where you really just get like a lot of residual sweetness in them and that's kind of all you end yep. up tasting sometimes um, but yep. like for the ones that have a bit better refinement to them and a bit more of a balanced hop profile when you add in something like Simcoe, which adds a bit more of an earthy note or a bit of a more of a piney note, that, that like that provides some good balance of flavor to the uh, like to the tropical yeah. notes of your like of your citrus and your mosaics and whatnot. So mm. it that adds a nice touch of balance, which I am uh, like which I am tasting in this as well. And yeah, the the mouthfeel on this is incredible. Like, like, like this is really nice. This is right up my alley. Yeah. Yep. That's. Uh... 20, 20 some different renditions of, of hazy IPAs to, to get to this point where we're just we're really figuring out the balance and uh, it was it's quite interesting um, you know we we just we just crossed twenty four uh, we had one of our our brand ambassadors that collected well at least one can of each of the labs and saved them and he wanted to put together his own version of an advent calendar so so during during all of December. He went through every single beer and he tried every beer from the very beginning. Now, a lot of those beers were from over a year ago, and some of the first ones, uh, like the Bela Bravo, uh, the I forget the name of the second one, they were special. They were our first attempts at at these really hazy ones. But he said he he tried them. He muscled he muscled his way through it and 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 knew that better things were on the way. And it was just. Him telling that story, you know, brought up a lot of emotion of us going through all this at the beginning of the pandemic and just not really being sure what was going to happen and and knowing where we are now with with this, um, you know, with the Haute Couture and, and knowing what we're going to be doing next. Uh, I, I think I think we're in a really good spot and I, I, I really love what we're doing right now with this. So. That's good, man. I love that. And that's cool that he put together like a full the uh, full calendar of all this stuff because that's that's crazy, yep. particularly with the older yeah, stuff. But at least you can see it might not be completely accurate because obviously there's no way to really freeze it in time and, and keep it how it is. Yep. But you'd probably be able to see the growth, particularly if something like this is. When, when was this one kind? Seventeenth of December. Uh, December seventeenth is what I is what I yep. saw. So it's so it's yep. just coming up on a month. Which is like a nice, yeah. like like you said, I like to drink usually mine within a month is usually my top end of uh, of hazy IPAs. But That's this it, feels yeah. like it would hold up longer. This doesn't taste um, dropping. Is this dropping to you yet? Because you would know better. Uh, n- well, 
trying to think the last time I had, I had like four of them the last time I had one. So it was a little, <laughs> little cranked. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, oh, man, that, that, must have been, that must have been a rough night. <laughs> It was uh, it was a rough night. I didn't uh, I didn't drive home. I stayed over at, the, at my buddy's house. It was it was rough. I would um, think so. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I feel like the the hop the hop presence uh, was a little bit greater in the beginning of it. I'm seeing it, you know, at the beginnings of of the tailing off right now. Um, but there's so many other things going on with the beer that that I think it's holding it up nicely. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. I would agree. This, like, I mean, I like, I haven't tasted it fresh, so I don't have, like, so I, so I don't have um, anything to compare it to. But this, to me, does not taste like something that uh, that is dropping off. Like, this is, this has some nice punchy hop profile to it. It's, uh, like, like it's tasting pretty good. So yeah. without. Yeah. Um, Without having another reference point for something that's one like that's one or two weeks on, I would say this the, like this holds up pretty nicely. And uh, you know, it's uh, the, the, like I was saying before, to, the, like to have your be- your beers be able to stand up to uh, the, the, like to four to six uh, like to four to six weeks or so is uh, is a plus for sure. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, particularly in these day and age, and sometimes people might either overbuy. You know, I feel like a lot of us craft beer nerds are get excited sometimes with new stuff I'm like oh yeah give me a whole bunch of these and then there's a whole bunch of new releases at once and all of a sudden your fridge is overflowing and then you're like shit then you get then things start getting caught in the back and then you know yeah. like oh man i forgot this was here fuck like then you know if this still holds up that's what we're all concerned about and i think that yeah like you said i know you're joking before but like how much do you drink i'm like i try not to go i've got like four nights a week i drink i've got a strict regimen that's kept me Oh, that's been. good. That's that's good. You do it, and I've been able to stick to it um, pretty religiously, yeah. which is which is good. But the uh, concern that I always have is when I get haze and I start to stress. And obviously, I typically have yeah. haze, and then, then there's multiple sides to it. You want you prioritize the haze due to the shorter lifespan, which means you don't yep. always get to other things, which I'm starting to find a bit annoying. And then on top of that, sometimes you could just fuck up, and then all of a sudden. You're drinking it. Oh, yeah, man, this was expensive. And now it tastes not like us, but it's not like what it was. And I know that the yeah. brewer would be like, oh, man, I, I would have loved for you to taste it exactly how it was meant to be. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's easy to fall into that. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that, that I was in Toronto. I, I did a tour of Third Moon and Badlands and Bandit. And we got a, like, we filled up the, the back of the Jeep with, like, I, we had six cases, six flats of beer in there. And I just only now, almost two months later, got my, my way through just that. And I like I make sure You've that I don't through that already? Holy shit. Well, a lot of it was giving it away and, and trying it with buddies. Right. And, no, but <laughs> it was, was there was a lot say. of beer. Yeah. And but 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 that was that was part of my role. I think in in trying to figure out what other people are doing, mm. um, and that's something I didn't do in the first couple of years of of opening the business. It was just make beer, sell the beer, market the beer. Don't worry about anybody else. Worry about yourself. Mm. And then I realized that I have to be worried about everybody else. I want to see what everybody else is doing. Um, I want to make sure that I have relationships. And, and that's that's like you. We, you opened the the podcast about talking about where this started and 
I've, I've always had this thing where I want to, I want to be part of this industry that works together. And, you know, this, this past year going out and visiting breweries and working with them, it's really cemented a lot of those relationships and just making me remember why I started this is, is because of the community, the, the, mm. the brewers, the owners, they're just also embracing. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there, but um, it's important for, for me to go and see what people are doing and see what, what beers are out there, but then also trying some new shit. Totally, man. I couldn't agree more. And I, what I've noticed over the years of doing, doing the podcast and talking to people like yourself who are owners who, you know, you guys are in a capital um, heavy business where, and the, the, you know, it takes up your time a lot as well. So you've got a lot riding on it. It's brick and mortar. We've got a team off the rip. Like, you know, our business, Tiff and I could be ran it by ourselves for years until now we have a team, but like, you don't have that option. You can't be a bartender and a brewer and a janitor and an owner and an accountant all at the same time. Like, you need all these roles. Right? I only know one brewer that does that. Just one. Yeah. Who's do you know, uh, Trevor, do you know Trevor Livingstone? Livingstone? I've spoken to him, yeah. uh, not per- never met him, but I've spoken to yeah. him online. Okay, yeah. he does everything. Yeah, he, he he does everything. He brews. He works the bar. <laughs> I think the only thing, the only help he gets is from his wife. She does some of the the, the social media and, and all the books. Wow. I, I can't imagine. I remember early days where I, uh, my partner and I were trying to do everything. It's just a lot. It's so much. It's it is a lot. So I didn't know that about Trevor. So respect to him, man. That's great. Yeah. But the yeah. the thing is that I think the one thing though that people don't get to do because your head is down and you're just working in your own stuff and you're sampling your own beer and you're trying to just take your brand forward and, and put out fires every day and just make things work. <laughs> yeah. Fires. Yeah. Fires constantly. Right. But you don't get to do that. And I think that's really awesome that you took the time to like put your head up and be like, all right, it's time for me to look around a bit because like one thing, the one person I always admired or was kind of jealous of was Luke from Godspeed, uh, Godspeed, Luke from um, Bellwoods, that motherfucker. So he's the owner. He was like the biochemist who was the making all the beers, changing the game in Ontario. Um, That dude was just all he did for years up until all of this was just travel North America and Europe mostly, do collabs with some of the best breweries in the world. Yep. And just being in beautiful places with his family. And it was like, God damn it, bro. You've really got it locked what down. A, like, like, what a life that must be. Uh, it's, yeah. But that, but that's what he set up for himself. Because probably the first while, he just had his head down brewing and making the beers. Then he took it upon himself to get to that, to that point and just go around and be that brand ambassador. Not in the, the, you know, like the real brand ambassador. Like, it's your brand. And I'm the face of the brand. And I started this. And I made these beers. And you got to go out there and go to Third Moon and go to all these different places and connect with the people and build yep. those connections. And I think that was really valuable yep. that you did that because at Ontario, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm here in Montreal, Nate's in Ottawa, Ontario and Quebec are basically what we represent for the most part here on BOS. And I, I love to see that proactiveness of going out yep. to the other province when it's, it's, it is hard to do that. So I respect that a lot, man. I think it's smart. It is. It, it takes takes time. Takes time out of out of my schedule, and um, but it's it's something that has to be done, and, and I love doing it. Like I I, I kind of made that my vacation for this year. I you know it was just a a long weekend for uh, five days. We went to, to Toronto. Um, it was super super condensed, and we we went to as many brewers as we could. Try to you know lay a, lay as many rows as we could, and, and unfortunately we we were there. The week before Third, Third Moon opened their tap room, guys, oh, like, sorry, man, oh, I can't drink here yet. 
right before. But I'll be back. I'll be back. They're super nice. Yep. Um, yep. I got a lot of beer from them. They're they know what they're doing. I really wanted to oh, tip sure. my hat. That's for sure. Tip tip my hat to them. They they started midst of COVID, didn't have a tap room, and created the the they're they're the, the disruptors in this in this country right now. They're they oh, have yeah. nailed it. Like uh, I went there to learn. <laughs> I really went there to learn. Yeah. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And I you see you've been to our place. You know, we're in an industrial section in the middle of nowhere. Just like that. I went to their place just like them. It was really exactly similar, the actually. Thing. Like, it's yeah. incredibly similar. So it, so it doesn't matter where you are. And they're, they're 45 minutes out of Toronto. <clears throat> like, you know, West Island is, you know, half an hour from downtown. There's no reason that we can't, uh, that we can't be something similar to that. I, I don't want to say be them, but, you know, there's no reason that we can't do that. So I like that. Yeah. What I, I was going to yeah. ask, and you, and you touched on this, and I think this is a uh, good segue there. What did you learn overall? Like, with, you don't have to go into super specifics, but you know, taking that five days and you hit up when all the breweries you mentioned are exceptional. What did you learn from just visiting the place? It's just some maybe small things that come to mind. Um, you know, just from visiting, talking to people and stuff. Uh, mm. Every brewery is different. Um, they, they all have things that drive them. They all like to work with, with certain people or certain breweries. Uh, they all have their own challenges. Um, you know, I was at, I was at Badlands and, you know, he's, he was talking about working with the city and trying to get permits and setting up his, his equipment on the farm. And, um, and then you go to, you go to Bandit and it's, you know, they're a terraspery. So being closed with COVID, yeah. you know, they have, they have their struggles, but they, they have a, like a fantastic barrel program. Uh, they have a, you know, more of a diverse, diverse lineup. So it's that every brewery is different and you're all, we're all struggling trying to figure out what we're doing. Um, and I think a, a lot of them do want to work with other breweries and they're trying to figure out how and where to find the time to do so. That was, that was kind of, you know, what, what I picked up from that is you just, you got to get out there and you got to, you got to see what's happening and, and start having conversations with other breweries and, and see what they're willing to do. See if they're willing to work with you. Yeah. Did you manage, I know you, you might not be able to say it yet, but did you manage to tee up any collabs or some sort of working together with any of these not, Ontario not, not cross border. I was, I was, I was trying to see, like, you know, it's it's tough to get out there all the time and and you know keep up that conversation. Yeah. Um. But I, I laid out some feelers. Uh, I don't know if you know, um, Badlands. Yeah. I don't know the guys from there, but I know the room. Yeah. So um, there, it's another Troy that that uh, is one of the. I guess he's the owner of, of Badlands. Um, I actually, I went out there, I was, I was <clears throat> intending to meet, uh, Troy Bursch from Great Lakes. Oh, Great Lakes. Lakes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. I, I, yeah, I, I was intending to go meet him, but he wasn't available on the weekend and, and our, our, our schedules didn't align. So I went up to Badlands and I, I didn't know Troy out there. I'm like, how often are there three Troys in brewing? <laughs> so so on the spot, and I was a little bit, I was a little bit cranked at this point. I'm like, why don't you, me, and uh, Troy Great Lakes make a Troy Effecta beer? 
And I thought that was oh, the that's most awesome brilliant. idea. But, you know, like I said, everybody's busy. Everybody's, you know, has their has their, their plans that they're doing for the next six months, a year or so. Um, I, I want to keep pushing on that. Uh, I think that would be an awesome idea. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm really trying to work on a, a cross-border collab. Um, you know, I think Quebec and Ontario are close enough that a lot of people go back and forth. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I look at some of the breweries close to borders like Wood Brothers and, you know, 90% of their, their clientele is from Montreal. So people, people do travel that's for true. beer. That's, that's clear. They do. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing that I'm, uh, I'm going to keep working at. I'm going to keep chipping at it. So I like it, man. That's great. I mean, like, that's what I want to see personally. That's, uh, you know, I imagine Nate feels the same way being between it. I want to see more of that. Cause I felt like what I was saying before, a lot of breweries just in their head down working, right. And, and they don't have the time. And, and if you're yep. not able to take the time to go out there and meet them, like how else are you supposed yep. to connect with them? Because there's not re that's I mean, it. there's a Canadian Bruin awards, but like, oh, to be honest, the hyper, like, you know, I don't think third moon go to that or badlands go to that or any of those type of people. So like you'd be, just, there's not many opportunities for everyone within Canada to go and meet everyone else. Yep. That's so, it. And, and even, yeah. even our local, our local group, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, AMBQ, AMBQ. the, uh, association of microbrews of Quebec, Keep talking. you know, you, you go there and it's not, not everybody's there. Not all the hyped up breweries are there. They're, they're busy. They're, they're maybe not part of that. I'll call it big boys club or, you know, white hairy club, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the, the incumbent old, old breweries. Um, and, and even the ones that do go there, there's not a lot of, uh, business like planning stuff going on. There's some networking, but it's not like okay, let's do this collab. You know, we're all together now. We have some time. They're like, oh, you know, let's hold off and see, and we'll 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 get back to you because it's it's tough to think about you know all the things that are going on you know on the spot and trying to trying to figure that out. So I think it's important to to have someone or you make it part of your your day to day that you carve out time to go talk to them. Absolutely, yeah. That's a that's a really like that's a really interesting thing. And uh, like, and uh, as you're talking about, uh, you know, going to meet these other people in the scene, and uh, like, it, it occurs to me that it's easy for a lot of people to kind of dismiss collabs as uh, like as marketing gimmicks, and uh, like, not to say that marketing is not like is not a part of it because like it, like it definitely has to be, and that like, and that's not to be discounted, but. There are like there are so many opportunities for uh, like for brewer for brewers and breweries to le like to learn from each other, and it sounds like yep. you know, like you say, if you you know if you're going down to Third Moon and talk to people like Bebo and Chris, and if you're talking like you know if you're talking to Troy at Badlands or Troy at Great, like at Great Lakes, you know, there's like the industry only gets better if the like if the people in it are learning from each other and, mm, uh, yep. and like and, like and and working together and like like those are fun things to see and i like i think it's an overly simplistic view to dismiss it as uh, like like as nothing but a marketing gimmick because like like there definitely are benefits to making the scene grow on that yeah, yeah. no there's there's definite marketing advantages to it um there's, uh, I guess, uh, bulk or, or mutual buying power. You know, mm -hmm. I, I look at 
and they're 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 pretty vocal about it. Um, Misorum and Buckanada Wood Brothers, they they're they're pretty tight with uh, the Yakima Chief guy uh, Luke. Luke. Yeah, and you know they they all go and pick their hops for the year, and I'm so jealous of. I'd love, I'd love to be part of that and go pick out my my hop field, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot more to it than the marketing, and yeah, um, you know, one thing I instill in in our brewer Dan, and uh, you know, for these collabs that we have coming up for our our fifth anniversary is, you know, let's let's look at these other breweries that we want to work with. What are some things that they're great at making that, you know, either we've struggled or we've never made before, and let's try to do something uh, with them that we can learn from them. And when time comes for them to do a collab with us, let's share some of their some of our our hard hard learned lessons or or you know research what, what we've we've found uh, with them on that. It's it's kind of a give and take. So there's so many so many advantages at, to working together. And this industry, I think more than any other industry, is is one that can do that. I was you know walking my dog today, and um, we're talking about talking about the brewing industry and comparing it to like restaurantation restoration Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of restaurants don't work together they 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 basically fight all the time they're just you know trying to trying to carve out market share right uh whereas breweries i find you know there is competition obviously but uh they're more willing to work work with each other than than fight with each other i've definitely very very rarely seen any dramas with Within breweries, you know, at least publicly. Yep. It's, it's yeah. definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe behind the scenes, yeah, but not definitely not publicly. And, and it, yeah, it's just like a strangely friend, strangely friendly. Is that right? Strangely friendly industry, where everyone yep. does want to work yep. together and um, and just collaborate. Like you said, you know, it's cool that they're not all. A lot of breweries don't really care about their secrets and all that type of stuff. They'll share yep. their, their, like you said, their wins yep. and, and whatever they're doing. Yep. So. If you had something to say, go for it. But I was going to segue into the uh, five-year anniversary that we were – I'd love to hear more oh, yeah. about what's going to happen with that, man. Because if you've got a bunch – I don't know what you can say yet, but um, – um, I think can... everybody everybody that's involved knows what's happening. Hmm. Um, and I don't want to keep it too much of a secret. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that they, they like the exposure too. So um, you, you – do you know the guys at uh, Four Origins? Yep, Keegan and Mike. Mike and Keegan. Yep, yep. So they 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 open a new place in Dorval. They're our neighbors now. Um, we like good neighbors. Um, we've we've worked with them before. We've collaborated with them before. What was the so big kind of thing with uh, them? Because that's familiar. Have, well, the, yeah, we made a, a Blanche Blanche de l'Ouest, and they made a Blanche de Sud-Ouest. Sud-Ouest. Gotcha. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, I remember so that one. That, that one was that one was really interesting. Um, talk about uh, working together or using using the same recipe. Um, you know, a lot of I, I'll, I'll step this back a little bit. One of my my previous partners was always concerned that people would steal our recipes and you know take take what we're doing. Um, but you know, after he left, we we worked on this collab with with Forgins, the first one. And we had the exact same recipe, the exact same water profile, the exact same everything, and the two beers came out drastically different. So, oh, really? I, I really, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's a different brewer making it. Uh, it's 
there's so many factors into the equipment and how efficient they are. It was, but the mm-hmm. beers were drastically different. They were not even not even close. So, I, I really that's really cool. wouldn't be scared if yeah if anybody <laughs> took my recipes on the brew sheets and and tried to make them. I'd love to see how they turned out. Actually, that would be an, an awesome experiment for me to see how close they could get. Um, that's cool. So that said, uh, yeah, they're 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 one of our cornerstone uh, collabs we're doing. Uh, I won't I won't let everybody know what what beers we're going to make, but I'll just you know just let let everybody know that that we're working with people. Okay. Um, the second one, uh, obviously Trevor. Uh, I've known him from before uh, I opened my place and before he opened his place. He actually bought homebrew kit, homebrew equipment that that my first partner had. We we had two setups and I kept mine for the brewery. We use it still for some of our pilot batches. And he sold his his kit to uh, to Trevor, so uh, yeah, the second one's with him. Uh, third one with uh, Drew at Kanawagi. Nice. Now this this one, you know, we were talking about uh, smoothies and fruit additions and beers. Maybe we'll do that with him. We'll see. Drew is loving the smoothies lately, so he is. Yeah. So talking about. You know, learning learning some things from some people that have have tried it and gone through the the, the trials and tribulations of of doing that. So um, that's that's one we're going to be doing with him. Uh, the other two are not with breweries. Uh, they're with with people that we've met along the way um, that have helped us and we've helped them. Uh, Vox and Hops. I don't know if you know Matt from uh, Cryptopsy. Oh, I do. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You know Matt. You know. Yep. So uh, we're gonna make a make a. a uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, we have a name for it, but it's 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 along his heavy metal line of of beers. Um, and the last one is the Beer Babes family. Uh, one of their their founders is is really close with with our brewery, and you know we've we've helped them. They've helped us. Uh, we both create awareness for for each other's causes. So, uh, and there's there that one we're going to be giving away a portion of the uh, the proceeds to to. Uh, a charity to which they they support, so uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, a char- charitable thing oh, as well. That's so, great. yeah, that's a great lineup, bro. That's awesome. No, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, it's it's a lot of work to to organize this. You know, I, I tip my hat to these breweries that do collabs. You know, once a month, uh, we're we're doing this. You know, once a year and trying to organize all this stuff uh, between the 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 labels and you know different designers and the the recipes that we're building with with different people and you know everybody's everybody has their their ideas of what they want to get out of it so it's it's been been a lot of work and you know our our team has been been trying to keep up with with uh, running everything else so it's I think uh, I think it's going to be awesome hopefully everything's open by then yeah what's the when is the uh, anniversary uh, so the anniversary um, is actually early February, uh, okay. but I'm not confident that things are going to be open by then. So we've kind of made a conscious decision to to push it back by a month. We're going to do a kind of a fake anniversary in, in early March. Right. Um, hopefully the weather it's might cooperate. We can, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can we can actually get out on the terrace um, for this. So we'll uh, hmm. we're shooting for for early March. 
Okay. Maybe first first week of March. Yeah. That is fair. I guess they didn't announce. I know they're lifting the curfew on Monday, but I don't know if they announced any openings then. So that means the Sunday yeah. stays. I I I don't know what's going on. I'm having a tough time keeping up with the flip-flopping. I'm happy the curfew's gone. I don't think that achieved Mm. anything. Um, We'll we'll keep it at that. Uh, I haven't heard that bars or restaurants or breweries uh, are able to operate, but I do know that there are a few restaurants that are a little fed up, and they're going to stage a little civil uh, civil dis- disobedience yeah, uh, action on if if things aren't opened naturally by January 31st that they're going to open um, so I'm I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna f- keep a pulse on that uh, I'm I'm willing to open if people are gonna open I because I think we should be open. I so, agree. Without getting into it, I yeah. agree. But look, man, I yeah. think it's smart that you did push it uh, to allow for, like, you know, you don't want to have your anniversary and you, your bar's not even open. So I can imagine That's that it. being yeah. a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. Uh, it's unfortunate because yeah. a fifth anniversary is like your first kind of milestone. It is, yeah. yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, but look, the, the, I, I can't. I can't believe it's been five years already. It's it's like, you know, I think back to when we had uh, our first podcast, and you know that that seemed like we were already established and into it. And now it's just so far beyond that. Mm. It's it's a and and, and back in those back in those days, I think like I think you guys were still mostly in growlers, and uh, like every now and then you had uh, like you had the nor'easter and the gold digger in cans, but uh, <laughs> you know, and, and look where you are now. That's it. I like yeah. that's such an an interesting comment. I forgot about that. I remember right? I remember early days like I was bolst I was bolstering that, you know, 40% of our taproom sales was growlers. I'm like, "Ah, oh, so amazing. I'm I'm so glad that they allowed mm-hmm. growlers." Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, like just cans. <laughs> nobody nobody cares about growlers anymore. It's just, it's all yeah. about cans. It's just <laughs> easier and yeah. yeah so, man. I remember the things first, change. Yeah, How times change. Yeah. Nate, you actually tripped me out because I forgot about that. I remember there was so, – I don't know if – I can't remember the dude's name, but he, he used to work for you. I didn't meet him. I didn't meet you at the time, but I met this one guy, and he gave me like three growlers at the, like really early on. And one of them was yeah, I Pat. think that – It was probably Pat. Pat I think. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. one of them was the early versions of all the beers, the Gold Digger, the Nor'easter, and I don't remember what the third one was. I'm pretty sure there was three. Okay. And I was like – I didn't really. I'm not. A, I was never really a growler guy. But if I got him, I kind of appreciated because yep. it, it was fun. Just something different. Oh yeah, I got this growler. Yep. And like yep. the beers were super solid back then as well. And it was just interesting because it was almost like exciting because you hadn't. This was definitely definitely pre can. So I don't know when you if you yep. remember when you started canning, but maybe this was twenty eighteen. Yep. Uh, tw- um, twenty yeah, twenty eighteen. Could have been uh, June. June 2018. No, end, end of June, beginning of July. Yes, I remember exactly. I That year I went to Alberta with my, my kids and we left right after school ended. So I picked them up from school, went to the airport. It was like a uh, weekend before St. Jean-Baptiste. Right. And the timing was that we were canning our first batch of beers that weekend or uh, like the, I think the week, the week when I was gone. 
Um, and I had full trust in Dan, our brewer, and my, my other partner. He was going to help out. And everything went smooth. We got all the beers delivered to where they needed to go, to all the depths, and everything was great. Beer came out fantastic. It was only a couple of months after that I learned my my partner, uh, Cam, he nearly dropped a whole pallet of packaged beer, saran wrapped, off the back of the dock. Oh no! It started sliding. Oh, no. He because there's a little little bit of a lip at the edge. It started sliding, and he he slipped. He he told me the story. He slipped and he grabbed onto the the handle of the jigger, and luckily caught the handle which drops to the floor, and it stopped before it fell over the edge. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> I think oh so. no! Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember that day. <laughs> I remember pallet. hearing about it after, yeah. <laughs> Thank God you were there for that hot, uh, the hot problems wouldn't be worth it. Jesus. That's it, yeah. I would, probably would have lost 20 years up of my life that day. <laughs> man, that's crazy. But it is so really yeah, cool. It's been, been a little while, yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh, it's cool when you, when you think of it like that as far as, you know, when you, when you started off and the only packaging with growlers and then cans became like a bit of a necessity and started with some flagships and yep. did all the – the fun stuff. I remember even when we did the pod, the first one, there was just a whole bunch of like just random things you were testing out. I don't even remember what they were in hindsight now, but there were, I remember there was just being a whole bunch of different stuff. So, you know, you probably would just kegged everything. And then now you've got this lab series where you can, you know, a lot more people are able to, to try out the, the yep. test series with the distro and things like that. So the yep. growth is beautiful, man. It's great to see. Yeah, to to start with, you know, we we wanted to drive a little bit more traffic into the brewery, so it was all the labs were exclusive at the brewery. But we've kind of cemented uh, more of our partnerships with some of the DBSQ stores around, you know, at least the Greater Montreal area, and and given them access to the labs. You know, we we, we want to keep it that you know each each place doesn't have cans sitting on the shelf for a year. We want to make sure they're they're pushed out but in order to do so like these these stores need to know about us they 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 want to work with people they know and and likewise with us we want to work with people that that we know as well so we're uh really working hard on those those relationships and and again that's that's part of of getting out and and having these conversations with 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 the people that support us and and letting them know about our beers and what goes into uh to our products so yep the uh all the labs um, at your local DBSQ stores around around the island of Montreal. Love it. Everyone can grab them. It's beautiful. Was there anything else we want to make sure we touched on? We're coming up in two hours. We've done pretty, pretty good. Was there anything else we want to make sure we uh, get into? I think I talked about what I need to talk about. I love it. Nathaniel, was there any other uh, other topics we need to bring up no, that you can think of? just want to make sure we covered it. No, I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think I think this was a I think this was a good chat. Yeah, definitely good, man. It was really nice. great to, to catch up and try some of the new beers and, and hear about it. I mean, this is fantastic. I love this. this is right up my alley. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love. Yeah, this, love ending yeah, this on this was, one. This is, uh, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I, I can see why. This this is a genuine pleasure. I'm really enjoying this one. Yeah, they were all really great, man. It was like a super interesting thing. You know, a whole new style, a great crispy. And obviously a, a tried and true oat cream. I actually find that now I think about it, I think most oat creams are usually around the like six, maybe seven percent mark. So it's kind of cool to try yep. one that's at the eight percent mark, but it's not like this 
bursting sweetness thing, which is probably something that could happen with that many, that much, you know, oats and, and maybe not the oats so much, but the, the lactose could sometimes make them overly sweet, but it's kind of like this nice, yep. I was about to say sweet spot, but this nice, not so sweet spot. That's, uh, it's good you know, and balanced. It's balanced. good and balanced. There you go. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm going to feed that, uh, that feedback to, uh, to our brewer, Dan. He, well, you, you met Dan. Know, Dan he was yeah. on our, our, our last podcast. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he's been killing it with, with this. I'm just super happy with, with where we're at right now. It's great to see, man. I, I love to see the growth. And uh, like I was saying in the beginning, I really enjoy, you know, doing these follow-up podcasts, which obviously we won't let it go as long, uh, <laughs> for the next one. But just as, it's yeah. sometimes kind of cool when when it does and I'm, I'm, you know, get that long where we're like wow this just look look at all of this stuff that's happened and then yep. you know even they bring up the growlers I just I totally forgot about that like oh, that's so crazy yep. like yeah we actually in the best way. oh I I I actually just removed the growler machine that we had we had a craft tap growler machine uh, which you know it it purged out all the co2 and you know topped it off with gas mm. and it, it extended the life of the growler but you know, people were just you know we, we went from filling 40 growlers a night to you know five growlers a week so it was just like we don't that sounds don't about right extra hassle there's just yeah just yeah. it's just interesting how how things evolve and yeah it was, it was awesome that you brought that back up and just memories yeah it's kind of fun i love it man Troy, like, really appreciate your time, bro. Um, this has been really, really cool. Where could everyone find Labrosse online and in real life? So, labrosse.com. Um, you can, you know, visit our virtual store there. We have all of our beers available. You can actually make orders through our e-commerce uh, thing, which will, you know, allow you to pick it up and, and pay for it at the brewery. Love uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, either Labras Brewery or Micro Brasserie Labras. Um, that's about it. I love it. That is beautiful. Um, just before we go into the day, let's get the screen, uh, the screenshot, uh, the thumbnail. So we're gonna, I'm going to take a screenshot of all of us here. Uh, we're going to hold up some cans so we can uh, let everybody yep, know what's going on. Here we go. We're going to get something else. Three. There we freaking go. Look at that, mate. Bloody ripper. Yeah, yeah, promote that one. Ready? Stunning. Um, Nate, where can everybody find you online, bro? All right. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, it's at NathanDoesBeer. Um, you can also find me on the BAOS podcast blog. All of my blogs are quick linked at NathanDoesBeer.com. And you can, of course, find me right here at BAOS Podcast. Damn right. Um, I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Stick around once I end and we'll, we'll wrap up there. But uh, once again, Troy, Nate, thank you both for hanging out tonight. This was super fun. Everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell, Nate. Ding. So you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. Make sure you check out LinkUp. We have uh, at LinkUp Beer everywhere. We've got the glassware now. We've got... Uh, Seven weeks of new releases for uh, all going to a great cause. So check that out. Um, the what do I say? I fucked myself up. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. I did say that. And then, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I got like a pattern. It's like a, it's like a flow. What else do I say? Yeah, check you gotta change morning. it up, man. I know. I, I should have done <laughs> it at the end. I looked at the glass as I said it. I was like, oh yeah, I want to say that. Uh, check out the long form audio. We drop every 
Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, every week. Make sure you follow and Spotify added a little five star thing. So if you're on Spotify, go hit the five star thing. It helps a ton with getting us up in search and all that type of nonsense. So we'll be back next week, Troy, Nate. Appreciate you both. We'll see you guys next time. Get it in ya. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>